Thanks for checking out this video. My name's Kiara, and I hope you enjoy this message from Redemption Church. My name is Stephen. I'm the pastor here. Glad that you've decided to join us as we kick off. Just kidding. We're not kicking off anything. We're wrapping up our series entitled Redeemed. And what we've been doing is looking how the gospel affects different areas of our lives. I see, Christianity is not just something you can add to your life. Christianity is something that transforms all of life. And so we've been looking at these different areas and seeing how the gospel affects them. And last week, we talked about marriage. This week, uh, we're talking about relationships between children and parents. And so everybody fits in that category in one way or another. Now, I understand that in 2019, family life might be a little more complex uh, than it was 2,000 years ago. Maybe not, but maybe so. And so we'll explain where there are some uh, statements in the, in the text that uh, might need, uh, not that we're changing the meaning, but we're just applying them uh, maybe differently in 2019. And so we'll get there in a moment. But what I want to uh, make sure that we all see in this text is the importance of Jesus-centered families. Whether that family uh, is uh, just uh, you and your parents and you're out of the house, or uh, that family is you uh, and it's husband, wife in a house with children, or it's just a husband or just a father and children, or just a mother and children, or there's um, steps and uh, halves and all other sorts of things uh, within the family. All families, whatever the makeup, being Jesus-centered. And so we have parents here who are parents. We have parents who are step-parents. We have parents who uh, are going to be foster parents. We've got all sorts of different relationships in here, and we understand that. We also know this. And when we start talking about family relationships, there can be a lot of hurt. Some of us carry a lot of hurt from parental relationships. Some of us uh, carry a lot of hurt as a parent and how the child has affected them. And so uh, we certainly understand that, and uh, I hope that you'll see God's grace in that, and uh, also that your heart might be open to restoration and forgiveness uh, where it needs to be um, either received or, or applied this morning. So we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. There's two major addresses here, one to the children, one to the fathers and the parents. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start where it starts with the children. And I've got my notes all over the place here. Where it starts with the children is this, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Sometimes the Bible's just real simple and clear. Children, obey your parents. Now, our definition of children today is going to be anyone who is financially dependent upon their parents. I don't care if you're 7, 17, or 27. If you're living in the house and mom and dad are paying the bills, you are child in this. If you don't like the term child, well, that's okay. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is Right. This obedience is both an inward and an outward obedience. In other words, actually doing what it is that they've said, but then also obeying uh, in the heart and, and in the mind as well. And the instruction, again, is very clear. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Well, why is it right? <laughs> well, because they made you and they provide for you and they've lived longer than you. Said another way, 
You're not as awesome as you think, and they're not as unawesome as you think. Let me give you a phrase that might help. Let's create some perspective around children obeying their parents. Children, parents are people too. Let me say it again. Parents are people too. Children, your parents have fears and doubts and worries and faults and issues with friends and family and work and stress just like you do. Your parents struggle with identity, struggle with their future, might battle depression just like you do. Parents are people too. Now, when we're younger, it's hard for us to have this perspective. It's easy for us to have a, a view that the world revolves around us, that parents exist to clean and drive you places and pay for things. Parents are people too. And the instruction is to obey. And the perspective is to understand that in most cases, they're doing the best they can. And they'll make mistakes because they're people too. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Now, the second instruction uh, to children uh, extends beyond those of us who are under this definition of child, living in the house and financially dependent uh, upon our parents. And the instruction is honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Here, we shift from obedience to honor. Now, honoring our mother and father is something that extends beyond childhood, something that isn't just they're paying my bills. It's something that says now they are my parents. Now, this is difficult for many. Difficult because, again, some of us carry deep wounds from parents. It doesn't say honor your perfect mother and father. It doesn't even say honor your good or average mother and father. It says honor your mother and father, your father and mother. Honor them. So what does this honor look like? Actually, before I answer that question, let me say this. How you honor your parents is a direct reflection of how you honor God. How you honor your parents is a direct reflection of how you honor God. There's a metaphor that's often passed around. The metaphor is like this. God is like, or, or, or God is as an as a earthly father. It's a misunderstanding. If God was like an earthly father, God would be pretty messed up. God is not like an earthly father. Earthly fathers are supposed to be like God. Earthly fathers are to see God as the perfect father and be like him. See, if we have an image of, well, God's like an earthly father. Some of us didn't have good fathers. And so we grew up hearing this, and, and then our image of God got screwed up. God was the perfect father. Earthly fathers are to reflect him in their parenting. Honor your father and mother. So what does this look like, this instruction to honor? Again, it lasts well beyond childhood. 
Honor includes some of the following. It might include or does include giving credit where credit is due. I understand generosity and kindness because my father taught it to me. I understand never giving up on someone and always loving them because my mother taught it to me. Honoring is giving credit in places where credit is due. It might just be, thanks for putting up with me. (laughs) Honor is seeking forgiveness for past offenses. Having now grown up to a place where you understand parents are people too, honoring mother and father might now be going back to mother and father and seeking forgiveness where you need to be the one seeking it. I'm sorry, I fill in the blank. You know what's interesting? Honoring mother and father for some of us might just be treating mother and father as good as we treat every other human. Isn't it interesting that we have this tendency to treat our own parents worse than we would treat any other people that age? You're respectful to people your parents' age, but not parents often. Honoring mother and father is remembering their parents, that they're people too. And if I would treat another person this age that way, in kindness and love, I should treat my own parent that way. Honoring father and mother is speaking well of your parents. This is at every age, speaking well of your parents. Of course, it doesn't mean that you can't have the occasional conversation where you're working through uh, hurt and pain, but there are godly ways and ungodly ways to work through hurt and pain. Honoring mother and father is speaking well of them. Part of that is now you understand the difficulty of being a parent. And so what you used to assume about your parents, you don't assume anymore because you know your kid's assuming it about you and speaking well of them, taking every opportunity to praise them where you can and to not speak the negative word about them. Honoring mother and father is also where you are able to reciprocate care that they showed to you. Beginning to love them and serve them like they loved and served you. Now, in this, I want to take a a moment and I want to take a little aside. I want to bring up two warnings, two warnings to the family. Warning number one is this idea present in families right now where the children are the center of everything. And the whole life of the family revolves around the child. Here's the danger of this. Notice that Paul preached on marriage before he preached or taught on parenting. Husband, your chief priority is to your wife. Wife, to your husband. And how often are marriages set aside for the sake and the purpose of children? Now, Don't get me wrong. There are, of course, times where children take an incredible amount of time and energy. But this also slides into warning number two. 
and that is the worship of children. The worship of children. The worship of children being when a child is, or children is the center of everything to the detriment of marriage, to the detriment of everything else. Uh, the worship then becomes, you get to oftentimes a stage in life where there is such an unhealthy need for the child to be the savior to the parents. Now we don't just see this in um, uh, in, in the mothers. We often see it in mothers. It does happen in fathers as well. But the danger here is there's such an unhealthy expectation over the child uh, that, uh, that the child almost becomes the savior. We often see this then because when the child in a very healthy or natural way is progressing in life, the parent doesn't know what to do. Of course, there's natural mourning and sadness. But when, 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 you, when we grow up a child all the way through and they become center of the universe and center of the world, then there becomes a point where that child is naturally supposed to leave. But for 18 years, that child has been the thing holding together the family. What happens oftentimes when the child leaves? Family falls apart. Divorce occurs. We are only together for the kids. Children, I love my daughter, man. There is so much good and so much my daughter has taught me. But I say to Reagan, I love you. I love your mom more. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, as we talked about last week, submit in this biblical way to your husbands. Take care of the marriage. Children are not meant to be worshipped. Okay, that part's over. Back in. Honoring mother and father is offering them at the right time then the same compassion, sympathy, and support that you would any other person. Or, as it becomes appropriate, that they did for you. We all understand the cycle of life. Let me also, though, give this warning. Parents, it's not your child's job to parent you. And sometimes there can be unhealthy expectations of a child as a child grows a little bit older, right? And the lines can get blurred and we can put our children in very difficult situations and we need to be careful about that. It's not the job of the child to parent the parent. It's the job of the parent to parent the child. But as life becomes appropriate, as you grow older, as you establish the new family because you've departed and you've created a new family, right? You departed in marriage and created that new entity. It is still important that you honor mother and father by where you are able to take care of and to offer love and compassion, financial assistance, whatever it may be as they served you. And that's honoring mother and father. And as Christian, Christians, we should, we should champion the honoring of our parents. Now, this comes with a promise. The promise is if you do this, it'll go well with you. Now, what this doesn't mean is that obedient children live longer. I mean, maybe, you know, sometimes, right? And it doesn't mean if you're a good kid, you'll never, nothing bad will happen to you. 
What does it mean? It means that there is, uh, it's, it's more of a practical statement, that there are practical, good advantages to their being honoring relationships amongst parent and child. Our church is better off because I have a good relationship with my dad. If I didn't, our church wouldn't be exactly what it is right now. There are advantages to good relationships amongst the generations. Free babysitting. It's awesome. Inheritances. Families working together to build something. Having the security of knowing you're not alone. There are great advantages to there being a generational camaraderie and love and support. And that's something worth fighting for. It's something worth protecting. It's something worth restoring if it's broken. And that might take a lot of humility for some of us. But there's great advantages to it. There's great benefits. God has made us to live in family. All right. Now to parenting. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Probably would have been difficult for Paul to project 2019 family life. So this could read mothers or stepmother or stepfather or grandparent. You know, there are 14,000 kids in Lucas County alone that live with their grandparents as the primary parent. 14,000 kids. or foster parent, or adopted parent, fathers and mothers, do not provoke your children to anger. Let me say this another way. Parent, don't make the situation worse because of your immaturity. Or said another way, you are there to help, not hurt. This is how I say it to Reagan oftentimes. I've said this before. Daddy's always here to help. Daddy's always here to help. And I want Reagan to know as she grows up that every time I show up on the scene, it is there for her benefit. It's there to make the situation better, not worse. Parents, you are there to help, not hurt. It says, don't provoke your children to anger. Two verses that might be really, really helpful in this. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Love covers over a multitude of offenses. Parent, you are there to help, not hurt. This also means, parent, to not abuse your power of language, strength, position. Of course you're smarter. Of course they don't understand. They're six or 13. Don't abuse your power. Instead, use your power to treat them with love and grace and patience. It also might mean don't place unreasonable expectations 
on your child. Parents, this is why we have to keep growing in the Lord. It's why we have to keep growing in Jesus so that he's dealing with us so that we don't take what uh, needs to be worked out in us and then afflict that onto our children. It's that encourage them to grow and improve by patiently loving and correcting them. One application of this or understanding of this is this in families where there is mother and father in the family. Let's remember that God gave us two for a reason and to use that to its advantage. Moms, you weren't a 15-year-old boy. Dads, you weren't a nine-year-old girl. Where there is mother and father in the family, there are advantages. Now, it doesn't mean that a dad can't parent a daughter and a daughter or a mama, a son. Of course not. But where there is opportunity to learn and to use both, God gave us that for a reason. To help us understand and instruct in the right ways. This requires a lot of humility and a lot of teamwork. This is why Paul talked about marriage first. He said, figure this out, y'all. Because then when you got these kids coming in, you two got to be together. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, these are two biblically packed words. The first word, discipline, is paideia. The second word, instruction, is nuthusia, and uh, where oftentimes it's referred to in a counseling setting. I'll get to that in a second. The first word is this word, paideia. We talked extensively about this word at Redemption uh, about a year and a half ago. We did a whole series built around this word. And one of the ideas in this word that was really important is that this word is not punitive in nature. That's not its main aim. Now, I know that the term um, said fathers, and we've talked about the modern complexities of that, but uh, also let's not miss fathers where the weight of responsibility in this text is placed. That is on you, where that is present. It says, fathers, mothers, parents, bring them up. Who? You bring them up. Your church and your school, if that's the thing, and VeggieTales are just assistance. But the onus of responsibility on the raising of biblical godly children is on the family and the parent. The term paideia can be defined this way, to give the full instruction given to a child. Said another way, everything that is needed to create or to help form godly children. This means a lot of different things. Certainly means the teaching of scripture. In fact, in Deuteronomy, parents are instructed to make scripture a part of everyday life. Now, let me give a warning. Without proper modeling of Christian life and a foundation of love, I'm not talking about perfection. 
But without proper modeling and a foundation of love, discipline and instruction can come across as very insincere or rigid. And parents, we have to be careful of that. But even with that said, there's a responsibility here, parents, to pedia, to give the full instruction to a child, to teach them scripture, to make it a part of your lives, to instill integrity and values. One of our staff members, Brittany, uh, her and I and a few of our other staff members were at a conference um, a couple months ago now, and uh, we picked up this book called The New City Catechism. Jake, uh, Camp Counselor Jake, uh, saw this on the way in. He goes, wait, are we becoming Catholic? I said, no. Um, he grew up in it. He had flashbacks, and they were good ones. But um, this book is really interesting. I want to explain it in a second. But first off, I want, to see, I want you to see this video. So go ahead and play that. Sammy, what, what is our only hope in life and death? We are not our own, but we belong to God. What is God? God is the creator of everyone and everything. How many persons are there in God? There are three persons. One God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very good. How and why did God create us? God created us, male and female, to in his, in his own image to glorify him. <laughs> I finally got that one. <laughs> what else did God create? God created all things. And all of his creations was very good. Good job. Yeah, I got that one too. <laughs> okay. That is awesome. This book is called The New City Catechism. There are 52 questions and answers in that. And uh, each question has an adult answer and a kid's answer. Um, because a lot of us don't know the answer to these questions, too. And so there's a lot of information. You can order this. I'll send an email. We'll post it on Facebook so you can, um, so you can pick it up. And Brittany and Sammy have been working their way through this. And uh, it's also funny because their, their younger son, then Zeke, um, he listens as they're practicing. But the only thing he knows is Jesus loves me. And so he runs around saying, Jesus loves me. And, uh, but, you know, his time will come in a couple of years. Parents, you have a responsibility to raise your kids up to know Scripture and the point is not to have machines running around that know all the facts. See, this word pedia also means to cultivate the soul. To cultivate the soul. Let me ask it this way. Parent, will you crush the spirit or cultivate the soul? Love for Jesus. Living for him. 
Jesus says, is not a burden. It's a joy. Parent, you have this incredible responsibility of cultivating the souls of your children. I don't know much about gardening, but I know you treat the different plants differently. You, you respond to it to make sure that it's cultivated and it bears fruit. But there are certain things that you do to everyone. Parents, you are to cultivate the soul. Now, you cultivate the soul through relationship, through relationship with the child. That's where this other word then comes in, instruction of the Lord. The term instruction there, um, this word uh, is often used in counseling circles. And the idea of instruction uh, is this conversation using scripture and prayer and repentance to raise a child up. Now, parents, we can only do this type of instruction, this type of biblical instruction properly if we know or we're growing, we're receiving it. And so there's then an onus or responsibility back on us as parents to make sure that we're growing in Jesus because then we can turn around and use that to our children. I am not saying it's easy. I'm also saying it's not too late. So start now. Now, in order for this to work properly, in order for this to work properly, three environments that have to exist, three environments that have to exist in the family. Environment number one, there has to be an environment of confession, an environment of confession. I'm not saying that that confession doesn't, children, listen, I'm not saying that that confession doesn't lead to discipline or consequences. Life has natural consequences. Children, you're not allowed to use the excuse, well, God forgave me. Yes, he does. And your sin is clean, uh, cleared on the cross. You might still get grounded. There has to be an environment of confession. Parent, if your child's caught in sin, what do you want for them? Cowering in fear, living in guilt, or running to you because you know, they know you're always there to help, not hurt. An environment of confession is crucial. An environment of it, uh, where it's okay to expose weakness or fear is crucial. And then an environment of support, training, and encouragement has to be present. We have a few moments in Scripture where we get to see the interaction between um, father and son, where God verbally speaks and when God verbally speaks in relationship to his son, it's uplifting, it's affirming, it's positive. It's God speaking over his own son, like a father to a, a child there. These environments have to exist in order for us to be able to properly instruct and discipline or train up and cultivate the soul. Of course, none of this is easy. None of it. Parenting 
is not easy. I'm 19 months into it. Being a child isn't easy. I'm 32 years into it. But the family centered around Jesus is the hope of Scripture. And I hope is the hope for each of our families in here. Now, as we see this, we also have to be reminded this, that church is a family. Church is a family. And so where um, uh, perhaps uh, there have been uh, abandonment issues or uh, there are breakdown in, in, a, in your family, then we as a church are to be family to each other. And so this scripture is also a reminder to us that church is not a club, it's not a business, it's not a building, it's a family. And so in our family, there needs to be an environment where confession is okay. You are loved and embraced. Where uh, there's an environment where exposing weakness or fear is okay. Where there's an environment where the full instruction of what it means to be a child of God is present. There's an environment where there's relationship, uh, where we can instruct each other and grow each other because we're a family too. This text or the proper living out of this text may result in a few checks on your heart this morning. That may very well be the Holy Spirit trying to save your family. Trying to restore your family. Trying to put you guys back on the path that is best for your family. Or if you're pre-family, teaching you right now how to start right. My hope for Reagan is not that she grows up having every scripture or fact memorized. My prayer is not make her a great student. It's Jesus, may she love you from an early age and help me to understand how to do that. And parent, I pray that you would pray that prayer for each of your kids. And then let the Holy Spirit lead you in doing that. And since all of us are children, may we also spend some time asking, how do I honor my parents in this season? Let's pray. Thanks for watching this video. If you want to learn more about our church, go ahead and click the link in the description or head on over to experienceredemption.com. Have a great week, guys.